Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Professional mountain biker Adam Craig says it's one of the top three places in the universe he's ridden. Where is this magical mountain biking nirvana? It's none other than Brevard, North Carolina, home to Pisgah National Forest and DuPont Recreational Forest. The area boasts over 300 miles of peerless single track, not to mention hundreds of miles of gravel roads, creating a near endless array of routes, terrains, and challenges to explore. Four vibrant bike shops will get you sorted, whether you need gear, service, or a top-notch rental. Top it off with an array of craft breweries, cafes, and gathering spots that have earned Brevard the title as one of the best small towns in America in 2021. It all adds up to a premier mountain biking destination you'll want to experience for yourself. Find out more at explorebrevard.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. My name is Jeff, and today Matt and Jero and I are going to be talking about our plans for 2022. So we're stoked to have a new year to explore the world of mountain biking. And again, as we were talking about in previous episodes, we tend to organize our stories around four main areas, which are trails, gear, progression, and community. And so I want to start off by talking about some of the stories and the, the things we want to cover in 2022 in those areas. So Jero is the single tracks tech editor. So the gear category is his domain. Jero, tell us about some of the stories and the tech stuff you're going to be tracking this year. Yeah. So we'll be looking into any new, anything that's new, new and exciting, trying to share those stories as well as um, trying to get some more of the cool gear out there that we haven't had a chance to test yet. So there's some other suspension components we haven't got our hands on quite yet. Yeah. What are some of the ones that you're thinking of? So there's a company in Italy called Bright. Makes uh, an upside down fork, as we like to call them. Yeah. It'd be cool to check out any of the stuff from EXT as well. And uh, can't talk about it right now, but there's a bunch of new suspension coming out this year that we'll be checking out. So some stuff maybe for drop bar bikes as well as long travel bikes and everything in between. Yeah. Yeah. One of the brands that we've had a hard time with too is RockShox, I think, right? It's been a while since we've reviewed any of their stuff. So yeah, hopefully that's one we can give a try, at least on some of the review bikes that we test this year. Yeah, it'd be cool to check some of those out. So I've got an Evil in right now with the Zeb on it, and that'll be my first ride on that fork. It'd be, it'd be cool to check that out. Then in addition to new gear like that, there's the mid-travel mashup that we'll be doing this summer. Hopefully get a good handful of cool trail bikes. So if anybody's got bikes they really want to see in that, make sure to leave a note in the comments. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, tires as well, I think is going to be a big focus for us. You know, I know we, at the end of the year, 2021, we published sort of a roundup of all the tires we had checked out during the year. And of course people were, there were comments and people were like, Hey, how come you didn't test, you know, continentals or uh, what was the other one? Schwalbe's, which we had tested the previous year, but yeah, hopefully making it back around to some of the 
popular tires and, and checking out some other ones. What what do you think it is about tires, Jura, that people are like so passionate about them, want to know so much about them? It's a good question. I think you know part of it might be just that it's the easiest way to change the character of your bike. Mm-hmm. Even a new set of the exact same tires can feel totally different, and just small changes can make a big difference, and they don't cost too much, although that they are getting more expensive and more scarce. So people might want to be extra careful and read all the reviews before they buy a set of tires. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, while Jero is the tech editor, uh, Matt and I, we do get to test a lot of gear during the year. Is there certain products or things you're going to test this year, Matt, or, or things you're stoked to try out? Yeah, I think, you know, it's hard to, hard to say specifically, but more of the same like you know yeah we always get pretty fortunate to test some like cool stuff and as far as like segments nothing in particular i mean if yeah i got my hands on some cool stuff this past year some new enduro bikes and a ton of fun trail bikes for the mashup and um yeah i mean personally i like the kind of mid-travel stuff so yeah it'll be interesting to see you know what other sort of mid-range trail bikes come out this year an XC bike would be cool. It'd give me an excuse to like train for an XC race and put miles on and, and get myself in shape. And XC bikes are just, you know, getting more and more fun continually. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. One of the things I want to test this year is helmets. I feel like it's been a while. We've done a lot of like one-off helmet reviews, but it would be cool to, to do one where we check out a bunch of half shell helmets. That's my style anyway. Um, but I know, I know readers like to read about full face helmets as well. So, uh, yeah, that could be, that could be good stuff to cover. So Matt, what about on your side, Matt's the features editor. Um, and so he's got, he's got a big bucket. He's got trails, progression and community underneath him. So Matt, what, what are you looking to cover this year? Yeah. I mean, we have some common themes, like you mentioned, I mean, single track started by putting out information on the trails. And it's one of the things that I think we do best still. Um, so putting out, you know, the newest information about the trails, whether it's advocacy, whether it's new trail openings, you know, unfortunately, maybe it's conflicted um, sometimes, um, or just covering new destinations. So yeah, it, you know, last year, some of the things that we covered were new stuff in Missouri, which was pretty cool. Um, new stuff in the South. And, you know, these are not just like kind of janky uh, <laughs> mountain bike trails and everything. These are like legit, yeah. you know, seem to be world-class trails in places that haven't had them before. So keep, keeping an eye out for things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of these places are calling themselves bike parks now, which I'm surprised at. I mean, they're, you know, they're like on public lands and like they might be in a city or a county park, but they're calling them bike parks, which is it's crazy to me. Like you're saying, they're not just like, you know, kind of unofficial trails scratched out in the woods. These are like purpose built for biking, which is awesome. Yeah. And it seems like those newer communities, especially, I mean, if you look at like Bentonville, for example, um, and places where they can kind of carve out a name for themselves around mountain bike trails, I think they have a much easier time than places in Colorado or California where they're trying to edge in this um, mountain bike need against like hiker demand as well. And so we have a place that doesn't really have much recreation at all. It's, I think it's a lot easier to develop a, a good mountain bike destination. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we're always keeping an eye out for that fitness, uh, athlete interviews, 
yeah, again, just trying to bring, bring readers uh, articles that think are, or that we think that they'll like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And part of the trail story to me is always about the environment as well and making sure that we cover that from sort of the perspective of advocacy. Um, and, and that, like you said, these themes like kind of go through all the content that we do, you know, on the gear side, there's sustainability and, and that kind of thing again, tied to the environment. So it'll be cool to see uh, how those stories interact this year. Yeah, definitely. So Jero, you actually moved at the end of last year from Italy to Washington State to Bellingham. So I imagine there's going to be some kind of new stories for you there as well. Are you, you looking to cover some of the trails or getting to know some of the local folks there in Bellingham? Yeah, kind of all of the above. I mean, um, there's a really cool trail association here that works with folks both on all the sanctioned trails. And then, uh, I mean, there's far more unsanctioned trails to check out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's a lot to do. There's a lot of cool, like, kids' skills organizations to get involved with. And my daughter's here as well, so she'll be getting into those. Hopefully look into some stories of what those folks have done and maybe inspire uh, other people to do similar things or what works in their community. So yeah, there's just so much going on here. It's like, feels like the hub of mountain biking in the U S or at least in the Pacific Northwest. So yeah. Endless amounts of things to, uh, to look into. Yeah. Bellingham is such an under the radar sort of location for the industry and for trails and riding and athletes and everything else. I'm afraid you're going to let the secret out by having a a journalist there. (laughs) You may not make a lot of friends. Yeah, there's a lot of journalists here. So, I mean, as much as there is industry too. So, yeah. But, but none of them seem to write about it, Bellingham specifically, or talk about their trails. And yeah, I, want, I wonder why that is. Yeah, maybe they want to keep the waves to themselves, I suppose, or themselves. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Or just don't want to write too much about their backyard. I, I don't know. But it's, it's a pretty, pretty rad place. I've heard from probably five, maybe six industry people. Uh, who are moving here since I moved and it's only been a few months. So I think the secret is out. Um, yeah. 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 Whether people are writing about it or not, everybody knows this is a great place to ride and hang out and yeah. Good beers. You can jump in the ocean whenever you want. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Several years ago when Greg was writing for us, uh, he, when he was living in Salida or I guess maybe he had just moved to Salida, Colorado, he wrote, an article that was satirically titled top 10 reasons not to move to Salida. And he did not make any friends. There were a lot of like local people (laughs) that were like, why would you write this? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and they got it. It wasn't that they weren't in on the joke. No, they were like legitimately like, why are you telling people they should move here? Like, this is our secret, but Mm -hmm. yeah, everybody wants to keep their cool. It's (laughs) It's a tricky thing because, I mean, if you love to ride mountain bikes year-round, Bellingham's kind of a perfect place to be. Yeah. Apart from right now where there happens to be a bunch of snow on the ground, but apparently that's rare. Right. <laughs> I think you brought it with you. It's your fault. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I'm the editor-in-chief at Single Tracks, um, and so I kind of dabble in all the different areas, and obviously the podcast is kind of my thing. Uh, So this year I'm going to be doing a number of athlete interviews, you know, again, covering all four of those main areas. Um, But we've got some great athlete interviews lined up 
uh, hopefully for the first part of the year. And then we're also going to be talking a lot more about the environment and about trails. And then also hopefully getting the three of us together a little more often on the show so we can talk about some of the news and trends that are happening and gear as well. I know that's always a, a popular topic with our readers for sure. As far as travel goes, what do you guys think? Matt, do you think uh, 2022 is going to be a good year for travel or are we going to things are going to get shut back down again? I think it'll be a good year. I mean, 2021 was better than 2020. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's obviously like a pretty big spike in coronavirus right now. But yeah, I mean, I think as things go on and this continues to be more, more and more normal to our society, um, yeah, things will be a little bit more fluid. And so, yeah, I'm optimistic about more travel. I've got a personal trip not bike related lined up in a month. And then I think some, yeah, some other bike related travel, hopefully shortly after that, which, yeah, I mean, I'm optimistic. I think it'll be a better year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. It's hard to say with the events, you know, used to be every year, you know, we go to sea otter, you go to Crankworks, and yeah, the last, this has been two years now that, that we haven't done either of those events. So mm-hmm. that's still for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm still uncertain. I don't, I don't know if we'll go to Sea Otter. Who knows if it'll even happen, you know, as of right now it is, but yeah, things, things can change as we've seen. It seemed like the fall one went pretty well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There, there wasn't, yeah, obviously we weren't there. So we, we saw a lot of the product news that came out of there. But yeah, looked like it was a good event. And as far as the trail stories too, you know, at least last year, while we weren't able to get out and, and ride a lot of new places, we were able to work with a number of freelancers who wrote about their local trails or, you know, some of them were able to travel. So at the very least, we, we should be able to, to cover that stuff well, just kind of in a different way. Yeah, that's cool. Jeff, do, are there any places that you're planning on traveling to this year? Yeah, I'm going to do the World Cup race in West Virginia again. Um, that one was a lot of fun in 2021. And hopefully this time get get some riding done around that. And then also, yeah, I'm planning a, a bikepacking trip, uh, which I guess I'll talk a little bit more about later. But yeah, those are, those are the two big ones. And then I would love to go to Sea Otter or to Crankworks. Just, yeah, still just kind of waiting and seeing on those two, uh, whether it makes sense to go. Cool. Yeah. Hope those, hope those all happen and everybody's figured out how to live with the virus rather than against it. <laughs> yeah. And so the, the other stuff that I enjoy covering that I'll continue to cover in 2022, um, as Matt mentioned, the new trails focus that we do every month, the end of the month, we kind of wrap up um, all the new trails that we heard about that opened around the world. Um, and so if that's something, if you're like, you know, your local club is building trails and you guys have like a grand opening. Uh, we'd love to hear about it and include it in our list. Um, again, it's like the end of the month, every month uh, we publish a list and some of the details about those trails. And so if you have ideas or tips or anything like that, you can always email us news at singletracks.com um, and we'll, we'll try to get that included. Okay, so that's the stuff that we're hoping to cover in 2022. And a big part of that, though, is, you know, I mean, single tracks is a job for us. We write about mountain biking. We make videos. We record podcasts. 
But we also love mountain biking, obviously. So I know all of us have personal goals around biking for 2022. So I wanted to talk a little bit about some of those, uh, starting with Jero. What are you looking to do in 2022 on the bike? I'm looking to travel a bit. So I'd like to get out to some races, some of the like two plus day enduro races, maybe in Mexico and maybe hit some of the local downhill races here. Yeah. These enduro bikes that I'm riding right now seem like they're going to do just fine in a my level of a downhill race so have you ever done a downhill race before first race ever was a downhill race yeah it was like 13 maybe yeah but it was back when downhill was on mostly fire roads so yeah yeah with like chunks of trail in between them so it was it was a different thing um we might call it super d now at best okay yeah so you haven't really done it since then or have you like a race i haven't i mean i've raced a bunch of enduro but yeah, it's pretty different from like having a track memorized and trying to hit every line perfectly. And it was definitely a, a different beast. So I want to kind of give that a shot again and try and remember what it's like. Maybe review a downhill bike. We'll see. Ooh, yeah, that could be different. Yeah. And then skills wise, this the trails here and from what I hear in, in BC are just particularly in Bellingham are really packed full of features. There's like jumps and gaps and booters and just all these fun things to do that there's a really nice progression of trails. So you can kind of go from like little, you know, half hub height jumps to uh, the huge stuff that Hannah Bergman builds mm-hmm. and everything in between. So yeah, there's a lot of learning and practice in between there. So I want to learn how to hit some bigger gaps and ride slabs never done that before. It's my first time living somewhere with really huge rocks. So yeah, that would be cool. And then, um, yeah, the only other thing kind of working on right now is trying to learn how to ride flat pedals, which will be a fun challenge. Just like figure out what that's about. I have a bunch of friends who've switched to flats and they really like it. So I'm like, I'll give that a try. Give it one year and see how it goes. So yeah, it's a commitment. That's cool. Yeah. That's, <laughs> where that's at. Yeah. What do you got planned for this year, Matt? Probably sticking on uh, clipless. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I mean, as far as like skills, hard to say, you know, it's kind of like one of those, Joe, uh, you had a good piece on this, like maybe a year or two ago, one of those, like, what do you call them? I sort of like useless skills and like more show body in general, but <laughs> yeah, sure. they don't add a, like a lot of practicality yeah. to riding, but wheelie is like, who doesn't want to do a good wheelie? Mm-hmm. And I, I started working on him like maybe two years ago through Ryan Leach's online course. And then I just uh, stopped. So <laughs> pick it back up. Yeah. It's like, like a good winter time practicing too. And um, when the trails are snowed out, kind of ride around the neighborhood and try and get that front wheel up. So maybe perfecting wheelies. Nice. And then tech climbs, like, yeah, always working on like technical climbing ability, trying to climb my way up stuff. There's definitely like some sections around the front range here that still trying to get to for years and years. So that'll kind of coincide with my fitness ability as well, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like wheelies are a little bit like taking vitamins. Like you get started and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this all the time. I'm going to like, right. This, this feels good. I'm going to stick with it. And then like a week later, I just forget. And yeah, exactly. Go bad. <laughs> Practice later. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, that's the same for me. Yeah. I was like making good progress on them for a while and yeah, then just lost it. And I don't know, recently though, I've noticed 
especially when I'm on my hardtail, I guess just because it's the bike I know the best and am most familiar with, found that like I can do a decent wheelie for like two or three seconds still. So yeah, that's one of those. Maybe, maybe, you know, it's like riding a bike, hopefully they say, and you can just pick up and <laughs> your progression, you know, you just like flatten out for a while and then yeah, whenever you pick it back up, you start going up again. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems like two or three seconds is kind of like the useful level. Like you can wheelie through a creek and then. Yeah, no, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Flat ground, preferably yeah. grass. Yeah, no. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so I still I definitely have work to do. And yeah, for I mean, for me, I was trying to think about that on bike skills. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being lazy or just not in the mood for for committing to that sort of thing. But but I do want to learn how to ride better on e-bikes, which I don't know, maybe people are going to tune out as soon as I say that. But I tested a couple of different e-bikes last year and they're really different in terms of like how you ride them, how you climb. The descending part's pretty easy. Like you can figure that out pretty quick, you know, especially if you've ridden downhill bikes, you know, but, but going uphill, there's definitely a lot of like skill involved in that and i just want to learn more about that and be like better at climbing on an e-bike i don't know matt have you you got an e-bike i think you have one in right now have you found that like going uphill especially is it is it hard for you or is it pretty natural no totally yeah i mean i get what you're saying because once you kind of realize like how much more like the potential it brings to your climbing ability. Mm -hmm. I feel like some of it's a mental gap and where I'm like, I know I could make this on this e-bike, but I, you know, it's like doing some downhill feature. Like you really have to commit and mm -hmm. believe that you can make it up something. <laughs> right. Cause there's, yeah, I mean, and I did like a few this past year that I had never done on an, a motorless bike on an e-bike and uh, I was like, Oh wow, that's, that's sweet. But yeah, you're right. You have to kind of like in, anticipate that, power and figure out how to modulate it up certain things and go faster up it than you would probably want to. So yeah, definitely a, a whole other uh, set of handling skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like, I'm all over the place. Like sometimes I'm overconfident because I'm like, Oh sure. I could go up that, you know, I'm on an e-bike and then I get halfway into it and I stall out because I'm in the wrong gear. Mm -hmm. just, you know, hoping the motor is going to bail me out, but it doesn't. And then, yeah, like handling steering can be really tricky, like getting your weight just right on an e-bike because it is heavier and you can be in a different pedaling position uh, because you don't need the same like leverage. And so, yeah, just trying to figure out where to put my bike or my body on the bike. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. Yeah, it's fun to figure out. I could see see that being like a good goal. Yeah, now I just got to get another e-bike in. I don't, I don't have any right now, but I'm sure, I'm sure at some point, yeah, be back on it. So, what about fitness goals? Are we gonna get, are we gonna get fit in 2022. What about you, Drew? I kind of generally stay at a plateau of fitness because I ride all the time. Plateau. Um, but I did notice last year that I need my, I need more upper body strength. Like I'd be pushing into turns and things would start getting a little squirrely. And I really think that it was just, I didn't have the strength to push on the bars in the way that I needed to. Hmm. So 
Yeah. I mean, it's like every winter, you know, strength and mobility stuff, but I need to really focus even more on it. And I'm noticing with trying to ride flat pedals, like I need more flexibility, like being able to drop my heels further, my feet on the pedals is going to be helpful. And right now my downward dog looks like a weird crane. So (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah, it's not very downward, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. So just generally like upper body strength, I think is going to help a lot. And of course, core. Yeah. I remember one of the things, I don't know, maybe this has been a year or two ago, you were saying you, you have some like app or something that reminds you during the day to like do push-ups for a minute or two minutes or whatever. Are you still doing that stuff? Yep. Yeah. That's like, I mean, I work at a standing desk. So if not, if you don't like, or if I don't move away from it occasionally, like my feet start to hurt and my hips get all funky because I just stand on one foot too much. Yeah. You stand all day long yep. standing desk. Wow. That's impressive. You don't have one of those. I got a convertible one this year, you know, where you can like lift it up and put it down. You got a dropper post. Yeah. It's a dropper post. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I have tried it all day standing and that's tough, but I guess you, you're used to it now. Yeah. I think as long as you have like something good to stand on, a thick pair of slippers or something and, <laughs> and just take breaks and like do some push ups or yeah. get coffee then. It works out. I could. I can't do it like just standing in one place for eight hours. That's too much. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe the new year is for me. I've always admired you for that. Like having that dedication to like take you know five minutes out and and do some push ups or sit ups. I'm like, yeah, I could do that. Why couldn't I do that? But I haven't. It's been years. So maybe 2022. <laughs> yeah. Could be. be yeah. New. Yeah, it saves you from having to find time to go to the gym or whatever. I mean, I'm sure I'd be a lot stronger if I had like dedicated more time to it rather than just using it as a break. But like I said, it's it keeps the plateau right. flat. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about anything that saves time and is efficient, and and also, yeah, as you break it up into small blocks, it doesn't suck as much as like just going to the gym for an hour or whatever. So yeah. yeah. What about you, Matt? You need to get fit in 2022? I'm going to get fitter. Fitter. Yes. Fitter. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but like, well, especially, and I kind of mentioned this, especially with the past two years where a lot of races have been canceled and everything. Like it's very helpful to have a, a race on your personal calendar and something to hold yourself accountable to mm. and train for and get in shape. So, yeah, I mean, I think one of my goals is just to spend more time once every week or two, like on the road bike, just building base miles, at least earlier in the season to get my endurance up a little bit mm-hmm. higher than it's been the past two years. So that way, if, you know, Saturday or Sunday and get out on a big three, four thousand foot climbing day on the mountain bike and, and, uh, hold up. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just more time on the bike. I think this, this year and, um, yeah, more more races, more fitness challenges, getting in good riding shape. Yeah. Are there any races in particular that you're looking at? Not at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I should really sit down and like plan some out, but I would love to do like the Moab Rocks one, uh, which is like a three day stage race in Moab in April. But I've got to check on like some calendar stuff and and make sure it's actually clear. Maybe yeah, even a gravel race. I know it sounds super boring, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it'd be an easy one to put on the calendar and just to get a bunch of base miles for. So, yeah. Yeah. 
good fitness goal for sure. Yeah. Maybe an enduro. We'll see. Yeah. That, that's quite the gambit from gravel to enduro. <laughs> Maybe you could do, do, it it, yeah. Yeah, do a downhill with Juro and then you'd have it all covered. Come on over. Yeah. <laughs> Might happen. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. We could do a bike, I think. <laughs> Is there still a lot of uh, downhill racing up where you're at, Juro? Not a lot, but there's a series. Yeah. Um, I have a couple friends who do it. So it'd be just a fun party. Go do the race. I mean, yeah, I haven't done an event where you like get to ride the same track that many times and just memorize everything for a long time. So kind of think it'd be fun to, to check that out again. Yeah. 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 But not a ton. There's like one series and then of course there's the Canadian series. Some of those aren't very far away. So it'd be an option too. Jeff, do you have any, any race goals or big ride goals this season? Yeah. I mean, I'd, I really don't race much. I've I've only done a handful. Not even that. Yeah, not even 5. I could I could count it on on one hand for sure the number of mountain bike races I've entered. But yeah, this year I think I'm going to do the Hurricane, which is a bike packing race. It's like a 350-mile race. So, big, you know, several day endeavor. I'm not going to really be racing it. I really just want to finish it and and feel good, not, not, not fall apart out on the course, but yeah, a number of my friends do it regularly. And so it seems like a pretty reasonable goal. Although, yeah, I just recently started thinking about it. The race is only in five weeks, five or six weeks from now. And I'm worrying that, yeah, maybe I don't have (laughs) the base of fitness that I need to do that. So my plan for at least the first part of the year is to just get more miles in. I do, I run a good bit. And so I'm going to be swapping out some of my runs for bike rides and, and trying to just bike more too. Like, I don't know, I guess I've gotten lazy recently. I used to commute on a bike, you know, to an office and haven't done that for a couple of years now. And so, yeah, just trying to like incorporate riding a bike places when i could drive i think it's gonna help just to get that base in and then another thing another sort of semi goal for me is i've been tracking my vo2 max like using the garmin app and you know using a wristwatch heart rate monitor and i've seen that that's progressed for me like over the last year or two years and so I want to dive into that more like for a story, do some interviews and talk to some experts about VO2 max and maybe see if I can increase mine significantly in the next year. And then, yeah, Matt had a great idea to go and like get my VO2 max professionally tested, like do the treadmill test where you like run till you collapse. So that should be fun. See sort of where I'm at and then maybe see, <laughs> see if I can, I can make it a little bit higher. Yeah. That sounds fun. <laughs> Running till you collapse. That's too fun. <laughs> yeah. So going from five races into a 350 mile <laughs> yeah. bikepacking race. Yeah. Well, so the, all right, let me think. I, there may have, I may have only been in two mountain bike races ever. The first one was a 13 hour and, but it was with a team. So there were three of us on a team and then I did a hundred miler. So I did a dirty century 
so yeah, I'm definitely, I mean, if I'm going to race, it's going to be a long race. So yeah, should be interesting, but it, really I just hope it's fun. <laughs> I just want to, yeah. I just want to enjoy it be in Florida in February. And yeah, yeah it's, it seems like a cool course cause it's mostly off road. Um, obviously it's going to be flat. That's what I keep telling myself is it's far, but at least it's flat. So, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Maybe a little sand. How many miles a day would you? Well, so the guys that I'm going to ride with, I think they try to do like 120 a day to finish it in like three days. Yeah. And like last year, I think the first day they only got like 80 miles because of weather and stuff. And so then it was like 140, 140. So, yeah, I really don't know. I, I, I'm trusting all of them about like how to train for it and, and get ready. So one of the pieces of advice I got was to, to train basically, uh, yeah, train my butt to sit in the saddle for that long. So I think I'm going <laughs> to start riding without a chamois and just, yeah, trying to do it that way. I don't know. Yeah. If that's the hardest part, then I guess I'll be okay. Find the, <laughs> find the most comfortable saddle possible and form it to your butt. Yeah. Yeah. I plan to use my hardtail. So a bike I'm real familiar with and nice. saddle mm-hmm. that's comfortable. So. Yeah, should be fun. What's your packing list looking like? You're going to have to carry a lot? Uh, there's store stops, a good number of them along the way. But I think there are some stretches where you need to carry a lot. So, yeah, I'm going to be fully loaded, getting a bunch of different bags in to test. Um, and, yeah, going to carry a lot of stuff. Fortunately, I don't think that – I think water is not an issue. So that tends to be one of the heavier. Oh, yeah, yeah. What about you, Matt? You mentioned uh, hoping to do some travel. Where, where are you looking to go uh, this year? Yeah, some of that will hopefully come into better vision as the year goes on. Just, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, with press trips and stuff kind of popping up a little bit closer. But yeah, I've got one that I'm planning for in Ecuador in May with a company called Two Wheel Epics uh, Guide Company. So that's, yeah, really obviously probably going to be the highlight of the year. That's like 10 days of riding and, and that'll be another thing to train up for because 10 days of big descents uh, in a foreign country will probably hurt. (laughs) So yeah, getting in shape for that. I had recently talked with somebody up in Michigan about checking out some more spots in the upper peninsula outside of Marquette and outside of Copper Harbor, still a lot of trails in between those two places. (laughs) So possibly heading up there and yeah, I hope BC for Crankworks again, just because, yeah, I mean, that's like my favorite trails up there. Yeah. The weather's always great. It's always fun, good vibes, plenty of fun people to hang out with and ride with up there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's really what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. Any other like event coverage for you as well? Yeah. I mean, if we get up to Crankworks, it'd be cool to cover, cover some of the races uh, and events up there. Um you know, aside from that, yeah, USA Cycling does National Downhill Champs up here every year. That would be a really cool one because I haven't covered that yet. And, yeah, I mean, we'll just kind of have to see if we have freelancers and whatnot available to cover um, some of the other races and, and things around uh, the nation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What about you, Duro? You you covered, when you were in Italy, covered a ton of races in Europe and, man, took some awesome, awesome photos and Seems like you enjoy doing that as well. Are you going to be able to get out to many races this year to cover? 
hope so. Um, yeah, I really love attending races and just seeing what the fastest people in the world really look like <laughs> up close yeah. and trying to capture that story. It's a lot of fun. So I'd really like to make it to the EWS Whistler and the one in Vermont and Maine, at least, if not some others. But those three, I think, I hope will be doable if we're up to traveling and getting around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe Ooh, yeah. also race like the 100 or the 80 in one of those to get a get a feel for what that's like. I haven't ridden in any of those three places, so I think racing there could be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, good, way to, good way to figure out what it's like. For sure. Yeah, and then... Otherwise, travel, I mean, being new to Bellingham, there's so much to explore here. It's probably going to feel like traveling just to go check out uh, a lot of the stuff around Washington and Wenatchee and and different places around here. Um, And then, of course, all over BC and Alberta will be really cool, too. Yeah. So one of the things that I've been learning over the past two years, like during COVID and yeah, just being at home more is... I feel like I've learned a ton about working on bikes, you know, before I, I would hate to admit it, but yeah, I didn't, wasn't very good at it. I didn't really know a whole lot, you know, despite reviewing a lot of bikes and testing bikes, like a lot of times I would just take them to the shop if I had a problem with them. But yeah, this sort of last two years has kind of forced me to learn how to work on bikes and get, I bought a ton of tools too, just so I could do that stuff. So that's one of the things I'm hoping to continue this year is, is just to learn how to do more of that stuff and do some more complicated repairs. I've really been enjoying reading Jero's articles and some that our contributors like Sam James have written about doing some like slightly more complex repairs. So yeah, maybe, maybe build a set of wheels or rebuild a set of wheels. Some I haven't had to do before you guys got anything like that any repair skills or wrenching skills you're gonna work on this year whatever uh whatever happens to rear its ugly head in my garage is <laughs> take it as it comes yeah that's a great <laughs> approach actually yeah i mean why yeah i don't want to just like practice or like oh i'll just try this repair but yeah if something comes up i'm on it yeah, I, I feel similarly, like whatever needs to be worked on, I'll figure that out. I'd like to learn how to take dampers apart, at least in the fork. Mm. And I mean, I've done some of that before, but only with like other more well-trained uh, mechanics around who could help. So I'd like to get it to where I could just pop the damper out and do a full service by myself at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I got a couple of forks in the garage that need rebuilt before the spring. So it's been a while since I've done that, which is usually a pretty basic one as far as like popping old seals out and putting new oil in. But um, yeah, be good practice again. Yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff rebuilding a fork that, yeah, for a while I hear that and I'm just like, I have no idea what that means. So like what that even involves, like as far as I know, you, you send it to somebody and they do that like in some dark room where you have no idea what's going on but yeah i i'm reading these articles now more about like the how-to guides and there's youtube videos and yeah i feel like i'm finally at the level where i'm like okay yeah that makes sense i understand i feel confident that i could do that if i needed to but yeah still haven't (laughs) haven't needed to fortunately it's nice thing about youtube now too is 
you know, and as that's grown, more brands uh, are better about putting their own service videos up online and really breaking it down so that, you know, I mean, it used to be you could you always find rock shocks and, and Fox service videos up, but maybe not a lot of other ones. And so so much information out there that definitely makes it a lot more attainable for home mechanics. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's way easier than a lot of the like tech stuff we have in our lives, you know, smartphones or laptops, even these days, like you really can't work on them yourself, but bike stuff, that's kind of the tradition is that you, you wrench on your own bike. Like it's all very accessible. And fortunately it seems like the brands, like you said, they're very, open to consumers like tinkering with the products and things. It'll be interesting to see if that continues with e-bikes because obviously those do have more electronics and they're more complicated. But, you know, even last year I had the chance to try to troubleshoot one of the e-bikes I had in for testing. And so, you know, pulled out sensors and got to test wires and, you know, use my multimeter and all kinds of stuff. So there's definitely... Lots more to explore for sure. So, Jerome, what about building trail? I know you did a bit of that uh, in Italy, or maybe I shouldn't say that you did that. But what about 2022? You got any opportunities for building trail or helping maintain trail there in Bellingham? Yeah, there's definitely quite a bit of building to do here. And on trails just outside of town, um, similarly, a lot of it's unspoken work but it, it needs to be done all the same and we can definitely do our part in terms of volunteering more broadly. There's also a bunch of cool kids programs here to work with that oh, nice. just, just need a hand. So whether my daughter gets involved in those or not, I'd like to see where they need help. They put on some kids races and races for everybody. The kids are involved. They need like, sweepers and people to ride and people to do little skills camps and stuff. So it'd be cool to just get involved and see what the need is there too. Yeah. Yeah. Are there many groups uh, like group rides and stuff that are pretty regular in Bellingham that you found out about or you can start one? There are a few. Yeah. And there's just, there's also just like so many people who ride here that Mm -hmm. it's really easy to just find a crew of folks who want to ride. I think I've already found like two or three. So. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and just check with them. It's pretty similar to when I was in Italy. You just like get on a text message thread and like, hey, anybody riding today? Yeah, okay, let's go. <laughs> so yeah, that informal way works pretty well too. But there's definitely shop rides and more official rides too. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. It's interesting because I, I ask about those, you know, I've got a, a regular group ride that I do and there are a few mountain bike rides here in Atlanta that are like regular open group rides. And then obviously there are more like road and even gravel and stuff. But I'm always interested because I ask people when we're doing the ride, like a local series, people in Moab and Sedona and ask like, are there group rides? And a lot of times the answer is no. Actually a friend moved to Brevard recently and yeah, same thing. And I just find it interesting because I guess we're, if you're in a place where everybody's a rider, then really you, it is just kind of done more informally. It's over text message or, or whatever. So, yeah. It can be tricky in my experience to put together a group ride when you don't know everyone's level and what, like what they're by level, I mean what they're comfortable riding and also fitness level. Yeah. Like the fitter folks are going to be cold and (laughs) 
maybe frustrated with their workout and the, right. the, the folks that don't get to ride as much are going to be like worn out and not getting to ride the pace that makes sense. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's tricky to really know, even if people say like, I'm an expert rider. Oh yeah. We're know, all I'm expert riders. It's like, yeah, it's like, okay. And then you get into the woods and it's a, can be a pretty different story than our perception. So yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Like it's hard to put together a group of people who legitimately feel comfortable riding together and don't feel like pressured or cold or whatever, you know? Yeah. When it, when it gels and when it works, it's super fun, but it's not easy. Yeah. It's a really interesting dynamic, like you said. And yeah, but at the same time, like group rides can, they can kind of, they get their own reputation too. You know, there's like groups of the casual riders and then there's the one, the, one here called the pizza ride where they it has nothing to do with pizza they just like started a pizza restaurant and then everybody rides their guts out and if you can't hold on like you, you just get lost but and then there's others that are more beginner friendly and yeah that i i just i love those those kinds of things and like getting to know different groups and that they all have different sort of standards and rules and and stuff and yeah so i i love exploring those Hopefully, yeah, this year, try some some new group rides, meet up with other groups. What about you, Matt? You got any trail building or or group riding on the agenda? Yeah, probably both. I mean, this year I didn't get out for any dig days, unfortunately. Just, yeah, planning a wedding took precedent. Mm, yep. Sorry, trails. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully more. And Comba, which is like the main group where I'm at in Colorado, is, I mean, they they're doing... Uh, awesome things lately and so hopefully um, sign up for some dig days starting in the spring mm-hmm. work on some new trails and then group rides like yeah I mean weekends I'm typically out with a group of people in yeah like Jero said one crew or another could be a slower paced ride could be a faster paced ride mm-hmm. but yeah those faster paced ones I, I mean I believe it's like one of the best ways to really push your progression yeah you know do it at, ride at somebody else's comfort level and not your own mm-hmm. and often it feels like hell when you're doing it and you're like, Oh my gosh, why am I so slow? And then you turn off Strava and you're like, Whoa, I just blew like all my old, old records out of the water. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, more of that trying to keep up with other people and, and not just, uh, be comfortable with my own skill level. So totally. yeah, that's cool. Yeah. 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 I hate to keep, keep talking about group rides and being like Mr. Group ride advocate, but yeah, exactly what you're saying that, a lot of people you show up to a ride and everybody else is faster than you. And like the joke on our group ride is that everybody, when they, they showed up the first time they were the slowest in the group. And then after just a few weeks, like they're right in the middle of the group. And then before you know it, you're at the front of the group and then somebody else joins and they're at the back. It really is just pretty amazing. Like how, how much group rides can really help you improve your skills and your fitness and everything. So yeah, definitely something I would advocate for, for folks in the new year. Yeah. I mean, it's like the difference of going to a class at Orange Theory Fitness and doing burpees or pushups <laughs> or something by yourself. So you're going to push yourself that much harder and yeah, for sure. Got other people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's just more fun, man. Yeah, there's no reason not to, yeah. not to do it. Or and if there isn't one in your in your city, like try to start one up, get other folks out there with you because it can it can be a lot of fun and super beneficial. Well, this has been 
awesome talking about all the cool stuff we're going to do this year and the things we're going to cover. And we'd love to hear from our readers and our listeners as well. So if you've got any ideas for stories you'd like us to cover or topics uh, you'd like us to talk about on the podcast, we're all ears. You can email us anytime, news at singletracks.com or connect with us on social media, the website, pretty much anywhere. That's all we've got this week. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you.